Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. You're listening to Evening Words on WURD. Progressive Black Talk Media. Welcome back. You're listening to Word Radio on 900 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming live on wordradio.com, Facebook Live, and the Word Radio app. I'm your guest host, Dara Lise Lyons. This is Evening Words. Y'all have been listening to a bunch of advertisements for the amazing show that is uh, coming to the Wilma Theater um, called Fat Ham, which has won five Tony Award nominations, including Best Play. Um, And we're about to have a conversation with a few of the cast members from Fat Ham. Um, So welcome. Thank you so much. Would uh, you all introduce yourselves? and tell tell us what roles you're playing uh sure yeah my name's uh lindsey smiling i am uh, actually one of the co-artistic directors of the wilma theater where fat ham's playing um and i'm also playing uh rev and pat and i'm here with hello i'm anthony martinez briggs Uh, i will be portraying theo (laughs) (laughs) i love it what drew each of you to this project this particular project um, this is, uh, I've done quite a few of James Imes plays now. I think this is my third or fourth James Imes play. And I, I just love his writing. Um, it's uh, just, uh, you know, it just opens up possibilities uh, in the, the ethos for us, for, for us folks. And, you know, this particular play, uh, I did a reading of it before the full production uh and I knew right away it was a good play for the Wilma to do. It's a little bit out there. It's strange. It's breaking these uh, archetypes that exist mm-hmm. in, in Hamlet um, and breaking what we uh, are accepting as our our myths mm-hmm. uh, as, uh, in, in theater. And um, it's opening up possibilities for representation on stage. Yep. I, I just want to be a part of all theater that does that type of work. I love that. And for those who haven't heard of Fat Ham before, uh, it's been described as a riff on Shakespeare's Hamlet set at a barbecue in the South. And the New York Times described the show as a hilarious yet profound tragedy smothered in comedy. So I love that. Um, and Anthony, what about you? What drew you to the role of Tito into this play in general? Yeah, what, what was able to bring me to the role of Tito is I've also been blessed to be James Hines adjacent mm-hmm. um, as both a fan um, as a peer, um, and I've also appeared in multiple of his plays uh, alongside, in fact, uh, this fine gentleman, mm-hmm. uh, Lindsay. What really like brought me to T.O., I was given an opportunity to read the play when it was already being considered uh, by the Wilma Theater. Mm-hmm. I, I just have to call a spade a spade. I read the role, and I thought to myself, hmm, maybe this was made for me. <laughs> and, uh, and here I am. I hope that folks will come out and, and see for themselves uh, if this uh, feels like this. This just sits right with my soul. A lot of people are like, "Wow, Tio's giving me really Anthony," and I'm just like, uh, Anthony is happy to be present, um, as Lindsay said, in a space where we are welcoming so much representation um, and showing the non monolithic nature of blackness on the stage it's just a blessing to be a part of that mm. it's, it's funny i when i did the reading i read for tio <laughs> and when i read it i'm like 
This is for Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you already got two parts in this show, so I don't know. You 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 can't play can't play three. But Lindsay, can you talk about what it's like to yeah (laughs) to play you know multiple parts in the same show? Yeah, um, it's wild. Uh, You know, they're they're it's funny because they're kind of two sides of the same coin. Mm. Um, They're brothers, uh, Rev and Pat, and uh, both. Uh, very toxic and both mm. uh, not good dudes. Um, and, uh, you know, it, uh, it's sometimes fun to play those types of roles, but I, I wanted to, uh, particularly with, with these characters, these are, these are real people that have histories and, and uh, you have to practice a lot of forgiveness for some of these, um, some family members that are maybe a little unsavory. Um, and, and look a little bit deeper into what caused them to be unsavory. And so uh, I have a lot of empathy for them, and I also, um, yeah, have a lot of fun playing them, and they're just bad dudes, though. They're just both <laughs> of bad dudes. <laughs> All right, so you're playing bad dudes. Um, and, Anthony, like, what's been your biggest stretch in as you're playing Tito? I know you said that you feel like the role was kind of made for you, um, but how has it stretched you? Uh, you know, it's exciting, that question, because if, you know, if I can be candid, I'm always looking to stretch myself uh, as I walk through my day-to-day life. Mm. And dare I say, like, mm, that's the thing that maybe makes Tio almost less of a stretch, uh, <laughs> because Tio is also very much about the art of, like, um, how can we be better? Mm. How can we move through the world, um, evoke with, like, a a presentness, mm. as well as a certain laissez-faire that allows things to kind of roll off one's back. Now, let me tell you, that does not mean that the space that I'm in in my life, <laughs> while I have to portray Tio, um, means that I'm in my most patient, things roll off my back form. Um, but Tio continues to stretch me, um, the person, mm. to remind me to be reaching for that better self every day to reimagine the world around me to find the way that we can fit uh, joy and pleasure and care. So it, it's less of a stretch and, and more of a reaffirmation of things that are already hard to mm. pull out of myself for so worthwhile. You know, thinking about like, how can we be better? Um, you know, looking at the world, I know that uh, this play is a play and also in some ways, right, it's a social justice commentary about patriarchy and race and gender. And I'm curious for each of you how you both play your roles and also support this larger societal commentary at the same time. Yeah, that's a that's a great a great question. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, I got into it a little bit with Pap and Rev. They're, they're not good dudes, yeah. and um, you know, there's people that uh, still hold their ground. You know, <laughs> they hold their they they don't change. They don't want to change. They 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 have their point of view, and they're they're not sticking to it. And I think what this play offers is a confrontation of, of that exact statement. And so. Um, Reminding us as people that we have choices in how we move through the world, how we what we choose to respond to. Um, uh, there's the the things, the ways that people are telling us to respond to things. We also have choices though in that mm. how we respond to violence, how we respond 
to um, uh, to aggression, uh, how we respond to tenderness, to softness. And um, I think uh, going through this play every day, it's a, it's a healing act. And so I think that's what this play offers is a, a way, a reminder that we have choices in, in our daily lives um, that can offer some healing to ourselves. Yeah, I mean, um, I feel really good about what you're saying, Lindsay. And I think, too, for myself, when I think about specifically like how patriarchy and, and gender is approached from a, from my perspective and from the perspective that I'm able to share with Tio, it's about, there's a line that comes up that's like, they didn't just imagine a flat idea of a world, no, they thought of everything. Mm. For me, that's about widening the perspective of what can be possible um, to look in the face of the patriarchy that we as a society have been, you know, dead setting um, as the standard for what pushes like, you know, this capitalism, this colonialism, all that, um, looking at it and saying, okay, this is what has been and not just saying, and it's just so ingrained that there's nothing we can do, mm. right? It's, it's actually saying like, so let's use that imagination. Let's use the same thing that has us all so well, let me speak for myself, that has me so pulled to the science fiction of Octavia Butler, right? Let's use our imagination to imagine what a world could look like um, that's free of un, you know, unconstructive gender norms or uh, gender expectations that's free of the oppression that is patriarchy. Uh, and I try to carry that with me. And like I said, I, I often use the words of T.O. as a reminder during this time of like, be taking a look at yourself, be taking a look at your actions and take a look at what you can change about your life. Because I can't necessarily go and change someone else, but mm -hmm. I can be an example with how I move through the world. Yeah, yeah we, I mean, we're, we're, we're doing a play. We're not writing legislation out there. <laughs> <So> hopefully, <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're doing what we can as artists and, and uh, getting people hopefully to think and to stir something in them, to activate them as they go out through their daily lives and whether you know it's a small thing of uh you know just changing the way they respond to somebody or they're going out and 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 trying to um support the lgbtq uh, community uh or they're uh, where they're a lawyer in defending you know mm -hmm. you know uh, um uh, justice so um you know that's what we can do as artists so is just put it out there for other people to then uh use this uh these uh, these ideas in, in there uh, as they move through the world. Mm. You're listening. Yeah, the catalyst for thought and thought is the catalyst for action. Yes. Mm. We can't get them to action, but we can get them to thought. Yes. I love that. You're listening to Word Radio on 900 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming live on wordradio.com, Facebook Live, and the Word Radio app. This is Evening Words. I'm in conversation with co-artistic director and cast member Lindsay Smiling and actor Anthony Martinez-Briggs. We're talking about Fat Ham, which is at the Wilma Theater. Um, preview performances for Fat Ham are from Friday, November 24th. So those have already started through Wednesday, November 29th, which is tomorrow. Um, and then the production opens with an invite-only performance on Thursday, November 30th at 7 p.m. and runs through Sunday, December 24th. 
that is a long run. How are you all taking care of yourself while you're while you're in this show for like a month? It's 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 more than a month. Uh, how are you know? How are you all kind of yeah honoring yourselves in the midst of this? Uh, yeah, um, you know, uh, the I, I play two vocally uh, demanding characters, a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling, mm. and for both of the characters in different registers of my voice. So there's like a, a um, you know, just rest, making sure I'm resting, and I, you know, I have a, a almost one year old right now, so that's <laughs> not always the case at home. But um, you know, one of the things that's beautiful about this production um and it's not always the case with theater uh is the room that we're in that uh, amina robinson has created is so joyful mm. um that it feels uh that there's a sense of of ease even though it's a strenuous uh show there's a sense of ease as we approach um running the show every night so um we take care of ourselves warming up and, and uh you know making sure all the the little a stage combat is taken care of um, uh, beforehand, but it, it feels like a uh, a place you want to go to every day, and that's a big thing. <laughs> and uh, for a, a piece of theater, like you want to show up to work and um, share this with everybody. Mm -hmm. So, in a way, the play is is uh, providing us energy to keep going, um, even as we're just starting it. Yes, and I like to go to Mellow Massage Wellness. Mellow Massage is black-owned, woman-owned, um, and they be doing me right because, you know, at the end of the day, like very logistically, I, I find that my role is perhaps my brand as I'm acting is physically demanding yeah. um, and thus that is something that I'm bringing to the role. So, you know, it's it's... It's, it's necessary sometimes to, to take that extra step of relaxation and, and you know, physical care that I'm like, oh, I paid for it. So I got to go. Gotta <laughs> <do>. <laughs> um, so that's, I want to shout out Mellow Massage. Real talk, they be getting me right. Yeah. So real. I mean, we uh, we have our own, we have a resident acting company, which Anthony is a member here at the time. And we, uh, we do a lot of training to make sure we're, we're maintaining and uh, strengthening our, our our bodies uh, and voices uh, so that they're ready to go anytime we need to do a show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know it was sort of like said with a smile um, about Mellow Massage being black owned and, and, and all that, but like this is a, this play is an entire, if I'm not mistaken, it's an entirely black identified cast. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't know if that's a new experience for both of you or kind of like what the value of that is, but I'd love to talk about how that's been um, kind of doing this show in that in that environment. Uh, it's not a new experience, but it's not as often experience as I'd like to have. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, Anthony and I have done a, a few of James's plays and I think I'm not mistaken. They are all all black casts and those shows. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so thank you, James, for writing those plays. <laughs> and there there are other playwrights that are uh, uh, that do that. But particularly here um, at the Wilma, we're doing a the Black Affinity Night here. It's gonna you know designed to be curated for Black folks to come in and experience the play. I'm like. Like it's theirs because it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Um, you know, while I am one of the co-artistic directors of the Wilma Theater, it's still a predominantly white institution. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to, to mix that up. Um, but uh, so I'm really excited for tonight to share, share this this uh, stage, uh, share this play with an, uh, a black audience, completely black audience, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, my my first show uh, professionally when I got my equity card was at Freedom Theater, and I remember those shows mm-hmm. uh, and how meaningful it was to just go in and have uh, just a black space um, that you felt like there was it wasn't the code switching that needed to happen. It wasn't uh, didn't have to you could let your radar down a little bit. Uh, there was a sense of, um, of relaxation that gets in your body and. And so, uh, that, that is definitely, uh, takes place in the, in, within the cast. And, and, um, when you are in an all black show, um, with a black director and, and uh, black designers and, um, and, uh, it's, it's a gift. <laughs> it's really is a gift because they're, they don't, they're not all, all the time. Mm. I mean, what more can I add? You know, it's, it can sometimes be, uh, uh, you, it sometimes can feel like a sacrifice for me, but it's pretty much built in to be a, a part of my brain. It's like, I, I gotta be working with mostly black folks, so I gotta be working with mostly brown folks. You know, if, if we're not working towards um, pushing forward the voices of the marginalized, I'm not as interested in being there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there's a lot of shoulders I stand on, a lot of ancestors that allow me to get to this place where I can take that risk and say, that's all I'm interested in doing. So um, it feels like home, and home is where I like to work. I love that. I, um, that must take a lot to be able to take that stand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been, um, there was one, it was a moment in uh, my career a while ago that, uh, I was offered this show at a large theater in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, right. And we don't want to get sued, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Often mistaken for the Wilma, which is not the Wilma. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, uh, but um, yeah, and I just decided it was like the largest paycheck I would ever have, uh, I would have ever had, and still to this day would have had. And um, I, I had to turn them down just because I, I couldn't put myself in that space anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, uh, those are the decisions you have to make as a, as a Black artist. And uh, um you know, we see it, we, you know, from the artist standpoint, sometimes the public doesn't always mm. see that sacrifice and see, oh, well, they're in XYZ musical or they made it to Broadway even, but not knowing that there are sometimes some negotiations you have to make with your own psyche to be in those spaces. Um, so again, like being in a, a place where you know uh, everybody's got your back, you don't have to like... Uh, uh, you know, regulate your impulses as, as much. Um, it's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many follow-up questions about this. If you are listening and you have a question, you can call in to 215-634-8065. Again, that's 215-634-8065. Before we go on our break, I just want to ask, because there's a little bit of time between now and the Affinity Night. So are there any seats left? Can you all tell us what the Affinity Night um, is just for anyone who's listening and has no plans and is like, oh, I want to, <laughs> I might, might want to check that out. 
I mean, come on, you got to get on down here now. Like, <laughs> I've, been, I've been having my squad post on the gram about it. I know that, you know, there's a certain amount of seats um, and we are very close to that amount of seats being filled. That being said, like, you know, all types of things can happen. Heck, it snowed a little bit today. All right. So if you're, if you're, if you're interested in coming out, the show starts at 7 p.m. tonight. Um, come holler at the box office as early as six and see what's possible uh, in terms of you being able to get a ticket. You can call up. I mean, listen, we got the co-artistic director right here. <laughs> he pointed at me like, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we're so, yeah, we, we designed this night to, um, to, uh, make a space that is for black people to come and celebrate the show in their most authentic selves. And we have also after the show, we're going to have, uh, uh, Q&A with Amina Robinson, James Imes, and uh, Tiffany Bacon from, uh, I believe, associated with y'all. Yeah, from Word. I got a shout out, a note to myself right here, but you you, you beat me to it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry, we'll shout her out a, a number of times. <laughs> yeah, so we get to hear a little bit more about, you know, uh, Amina and James and that relationship and development of this piece. And then we have uh, a DJ in the lobby and some um, discounted drinks. So, uh, so it's, it's going to be a, a nice night, you know, a step and repeat to get that photo op. It's, I think it's going to be fun. It's the first time we've done something like this. And I'm, I'm so excited that we can do it, particularly yeah. with this show. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're listening to Word Radio on 900 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming live on wordradio.com, Facebook Live, and the Word Radio app. If you want to get your butt to Fat Ham tonight for Black Affinity Night, go on the Wilma Theater's website, um, <laughs> drive on over to the box office as you're continuing to listen to the rest of this interview. We're going to take a really quick break and then be right back. Um, but yeah, get to Googling. Get to Googling, folks. You're listening to Evening Words on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. Welcome back to Evening Words. I'm your guest host, Dara Lise Lyons, speaking now with actor Anthony Martinez-Briggs and co-artistic director and cast member Lindsay Smiling. Um, they are in Fat Ham at the Wilma Theater, uh, which if you want to get some tickets for tonight, Black Affinity Night or any other night, go to wilmatheater.org. Um, right before we took a break, Lindsay had mentioned Tiffany Bacon, who is the host of Words the Source and is also the costume designer for Fat Ham. So Tell us about your costumes. <laughs> I want to hear everything about your costumes and uh, embarrass Tiffany for a moment. Shout her out. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, uh, we're, it takes place in the South, you know, in, in a, a, a barbecue backyard. Uh, <laughs> and two characters I got to play. I got to say, she knocked it out of the park. I mean, I, I, I got... Uh, one, they're both kind of pit masters. One is, uh, <laughs> got a full on cowboy hat. Okay. And, uh, some jeans as Pat. But the star, uh, her design, well, there's a lot of many, many great designs in the show, but like what she did with Rev is the uncle that you just can't stand. I mean, he's got this outfit with a, a, a little, Thin rim fedora and bling and like a polyester athletic uh, outfit on with an apron. I mean, he's um, yeah, he, you'll recognize this person because uh, every family has one or two. <laughs> uh, as soon as I step on stage, I mean, when I make my entrance as Rev, like oh wow, 
Nine times out of the fans, there are there is howling in the accent. Not not because I'm doing anything, because of Tiffany uh, costume, and it, it's ridiculous. It's just one of those like, wow, yeah, I know that guy. Mm. It's it's the no socks for me with the match. No socks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. What's <laughs> you know Tito's guy. outfit? What's what's Tito rocking or whatever? Listen, Tito is out here giving you the best. Like, you know what I mean? I worked hard to get this. This matching jogger set, but you know what? It's a little warm. I don't even feel like wearing the whole matching set. Like T.O. is very like casual, cool, but you know got the style. All right, I got my dad hat going on so that everybody knows that I like a nice little graphic and uh, some text that says something about myself. In this case, it says "Plant Daddy." Um, <laughs> and there's a very special moment that I'm I'm so uh, excited for everyone to get to see where. But T.O. gets a little bit of an upgrade um, mm. in his outfit. Okay. Um, so that's fun. Uh, Tiffany did me right with that, uh, the the upgrade in question. Um, yeah, you know, like casual, able to move around, uh, able to to keep everybody engaged and in good spirits. I think my outfit does exactly that. <laughs> I'm loving it. And I'm loving for those, those that are listening to this and are not watching, you know, just the energy between Lindsay and Anthony, like one is laughing when the other is speaking, they're smiling at each other. It's a really, it's a really nice vibe. And, um, you know, and I guess speaking of vibes and like feeding off each other, there's a balance of humor and tragedy in the show. And I'm, Wondering if you can each maybe speak to how you navigate that dance, um, because I think there's certainly an emotional roller coaster that that happens for folks. Ooh, yeah, I mean that's always that's that's what rehearsals are for. I mean we were um, we were definitely cutting up in the first part of rehearsal and trying to find all the humor in it um, because it needs it. We need that that humor because what we're yeah, I mean, we're, we're up against the patriarchy. We're up against um, uh, 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 inherited trauma. We're, we're up against cycles of violence. Um, so we need that humor and we need it uh, fully. Um, and then, you know, Amina did a great job of really crafting these moments where we really drop in and say something completely heartfelt, truthful, honest, um, that that'll make you weep, you know, uh, and and that's the that's the beautiful thing about uh, this type of show where this this humor exists, but it is underneath it is this real substance that is um, that uh, feels so uh, uh, real and mm-hmm. so uh, present. Um, and so as long as we uh, remember that that's what this play is about, you know, we can go as big as we want with the humor. Mm. As long as we are grounded in, in what um, James is trying to do with, with this play, uh, you know, this uh, carriage of Hamlet, who is kind of this, this version of Hamlet was juicy. He's kind of annoying anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is. He's kind of annoying, but he is struggling with something. Mm-hmm. And there's something um, there's something really beautiful about watching, you know, flawed characters uh, have really truthful moments for each other. Uh, mm. Yeah, so we, we just have to keep remembering that throughout the run, mm. despite how uh, celebratory the, the audience might get. It's, we really have to uh, hold on to that that thing that we're trying to do, which is uh, open up the heart and, and reveal ourselves to each other. Mm. 
Mm, yeah. I mean, good, good theater is giving you life. And I don't just mean like, ooh, I feel good. Like, I'm, a, I'm living. I mean, it's giving you a snapshot of life. Mm. And to the question of like, how do you dance between like the tragedy and comedy? It's like my first response was to think to myself, like anyone listening, ask yourself <laughs> how do you dance through the tragedy and comedy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that's what we have to do to live this life. It's mm. absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely painful. It's absolutely echelons of joy. Mm. And so like we're, we, uh, James, phenomenal play. Yeah. Great job. You're good at your job. <laughs> Amina, phenomenal direction mm. down to what, down to the crew members and what we're bringing to the stage as well. Like we are giving you life and good theater. I think is life perhaps exaggerated. But intense life is just like being exaggerated in and of itself. So I don't know. We're just trying to keep it real. And again, I guess I do want to ask everyone who's listening to interrogate how do you dance through the tragedy and the comedy that is living a full life? Yeah. I love that question. And I would love for people to call in with some answers to that question. I'm trying to think about it for myself. And I... You know, but one thing I'm not doing is I'm not dancing that dance on stage, right? Like there's not the, although I do think there might be more people watching than I think, you know, there might be more people observing me than I, you know, than than I think. But yeah, I mean, I think the ability to take a snapshot of life and then present an audience with it takes a special kind of talent. And I'm curious for each of you, like what you would want an audience member to take away after watching this play or from watching this play. Well, I want to talk to the talent thing a bit. Like talent, you know, some folks talk about talent being innate. Um, We are like um, Mm well-trained and we really cultivated our craft. Um, And I I don't mean to downplay that at all with my next statement, but I also feel like acting is actually like putting down the barriers that you already have up. Mm-hmm. When you move through the world, yeah. Irving Goffman said that life is a stage and we are doing a portrayal as we move mm-hmm. through our day to day spaces. So actually acting is asking us to not try to put anything on. Yeah. It's like actually to play pretend with the realest and rawest <laughs> um, aspects of ourselves mm-hmm. that we all have. Like yeah. I, as someone who teaches, like some of the most phenomenal performances I've ever seen have been the earnestness of a freshman in high school mm-hmm. who is just really connecting with the text that is put in front of them. Yeah. Um, not to say that we ain't well trained and we doing some hard work. <laughs> doing it every night consistently. Yeah. That is something different. Yeah. But again, like acting, like performing for me is about getting closer to the source mm. and not um, like trying to be further away from the self. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I was, you know, piggyback off of that. It is, for me, it is always allowing yourself to follow what's in, what your heart is, allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to show people who you really are um, in some facet of yourself. Every character I play is a version of me. I mean, I have no choice because I'm the only instrument I have to, to portray characters. So, um, you know, some people think that acting is a thing where you, you put on a costume or you put on uh, a different, um, you know, uh, thing other than yourself. And there are some people that approach acting that way. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but for me, it is about like, what is this part? What for these two characters I'm playing with? What is the most uh, um, toxic masculine people I could be mm-hmm. in, in real life? Not 
and not apologizing for it and saying, this is a, this is a version of myself that's out there. I'm choosing not to be this way on a daily basis, but this is a version of myself. And I have to accept that. I have that uh, capability. I have that um, capacity to do harm to others, to, to be hard on people, to to be mean to people. I, yeah. I have that capacity, but we have to, as actors, like recognize it and honor that part of yourself and knowing that it's not the entirety of yourself, but be willing to show that to everybody. Be willing to, um, because other people have that parts of themselves too, but they yeah. might say, oh, that's never, that's not me. Um, and then that's when you get into trouble, kind of denying different uh, aspects of yourself. And then all of a sudden it pops up because <laughs> right. somebody pushed a button <laughs> or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, so, yeah, and then the training comes in, you know, trying to do it over and over and over again, keeping yourself honest every night. And keeping yourself uh, um, in in the right uh, uh, um, framework that the, the director and your castmates have established. So um, that's where the training comes in. But uh, yeah, same. Like I, I have teach at Temple University and and uh, mostly non majors. And when they have a breakthrough and have a real moment in front of people, it's majestic. And we're always after trying to find what is the real moment for ourselves from from night to night. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, getting back to your, what your question was, what I want people to, 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 uh, to take away from this piece. Um, I would say this piece or, or any, uh, pieces of theater that they go to is, is, uh, you know, allowing themselves to, to, uh, show themselves to each other. Allow, uh, when you have a real moment and witness a real moment in a community space that everybody is, is acknowledging and, and witnessing and you share it. You see this thing that is undeniably real and honest and mo- and, and uh, engaging. What is that? You know, that's that's uh, that's why I do theater. Theater is like theater is my religion. You know, I, it's <laughs> it's very spiritual for me. Mm. It is uh, a place where we can uh, tell stories um, and uh, to get to the truth of of, of why we're, why we're here. We don't ever get exactly the truth, but we get towards it every time we tell a story. And, uh, and are honest in that story. Mm. Have those, those moments of opening each other up and, and letting down our kind of social constructs of each other. Then we get to see what's underneath. And that's, um, that's a really special experience. Mm. I mean, when you're watching the play as an audience, you're suspending your disbelief. You're like, Oh, I'm, I'm in it. This is real to me in this moment. There's an openness. Yeah. I hope that that openness that you feel while watching us be open that you continue to take that with you outside of the doors of the yeah. theater and, 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 and carry that same openness as you move through the world. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of healing that's capable with moving in that type of modality. Mm. Yeah, I love, I mean, Anthony, you mentioned kind of like getting to the source of oneself and Lindsay, you framed it as a real moment and you both referenced um, healing, you know, that that's happening, I guess. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm curious about is, um, <laughs> this is, this might be too deep a question, but like, what do you find is being healed within yourselves as you're engaging with these characters, as you're engaging with these roles, what kind of real moments are you bumping up against? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's this ongoing, uh, there's this conversation about the play about being soft, mm. um, and um, what does softness mean? And what does it do? What does it allow you to do? And um, and there, I think that is that is something that I am uh, continually intrigued by 
uh, as as we we've run the show night after night is because my characters both are very hard individuals, um, and I I do have uh, you know I'm, I'm raising a, a a boy right now. Like I said, just uh, going to turn one next week, mm-hmm. and um, and you know I, I think about uh, this idea of softness, of how you move through the world with softness. Which has to me is connected to care and caring for for others and um, and and uh, uh, yeah it's it's a I, I see it as a more of a practice than a state of being mm. you know um, is where I'm, I'm where my mind is as I'm going through this this show every night and you have to practice softness because you know people can world can start to wear on you the news can wear on you the world it can it can uh form you can form calluses on your skin mm-hmm. from having to deal with all yes. this hard stuff and um and so practicing softness is something that i've been thinking a, a, a lot about mm-hmm. and, and how uh when i start to tense up um, yeah. remembering this uh, this uh this idea of softness becomes a practice mm-hmm. I agree with this softness thing 100%. Um, it's a continuing journey to soften for myself as well. I mean, this, this show has helped me with that. Uh, with other, I would say the other thing that really stands out to me at, at a certain point in the play, there's a dichotomy presented between pleasure um, and harm. And for me, interrogating um, how that's actually just within myself, like we're, we're talking about healing, like I, I'm starting with myself. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait for the it's a continue to echo and reverberate all the other relationships and the ways I show up in life. But asking myself, like, how am I arming myself mm-hmm. in my day to day? And why am I not allowing myself pleasure and, and not just like, oh, like a, a little sip sip here and a little puff puff there, but actually like defining for myself what brings me joy, mm-hmm. what satiates my spirit. Um and it's a blessing to be able to be an artist and that my work can also be so fulfilling, yeah. but also it's a little tricky for this work. <laughs> uh, so how do I find that outside of, um, of receiving, um, a paycheck yeah. or doing what I've been called to do. So yeah, uh, the, the healing is that I am continuing to be on that journey of interrogating how I offer myself pleasure, how I, how I care for respect and give myself grace as someone who works really hard often to do for others, which mm. is a blessing for all the other people out there who are like that. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> also look out for self. Yeah. 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 That's something I personally really struggle with, like self-care and caring for others. I feel like I'm on one or the other sides of, of that pendulum. Um, never, never totally balanced with it. Um, I'm curious, does someone need to be familiar with Hamlet to appreciate this play? No, no. I mean, I think there's definitely you'll try the thing. There's there's some obvious references to Hamlet. Um, the whole structure of the play is very in parallel with with Hamlet. Um, but I don't think you need to know. Uh, I mean, it, it it helps if you know that Shakespeare exists and that when uh, there are some some lines that go into uh, uh, Shakespeare verse. Uh, and uh, pentameter, but you don't need to know mm. anything other than that's that's Shakespeare. Right. <laughs> um, most of it is not. <laughs> so, yeah. 
but uh and and uh yeah it's yeah i just can't get over how beautiful this this description like how he's done exactly what you're pointing to like you don't need to know shakespeare there's there's some easter eggs if you know shakespeare yeah the shakespeare that you probably do know is is probably referenced in this play mm. um so uh even if you know just peripheral to be or not to be or whatever uh that's enough I love that. You're listening to Word Radio on 900 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming live on wordradio.com, Facebook Live, and the Word Radio app. This is Evening Words. I'm in conversation with Lindsay Smiling, co-artistic director and cast member at the Wilma Theater and actor Anthony Martinez-Briggs. We're going to take a very quick break and then be right back. Um, Get your tickets, though, now at the Wilma Theater at wilmatheater.org, or you can call the Wilma Theater's box office at 215 Five four six seven eight two four. If you want to get a last minute ticket to tonight's show or a ticket for any time in the next month, we'll be right back. You're listening to Evening Words on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. Welcome back to Evening Words. I'm your host, Dara Lise Lyons, having a conversation about Fat Ham at the Wilma Theater with co-artistic director and cast member Lindsay Smiling and actor Anthony Martinez-Briggs. Um, and I know that this has been, uh, this play has been done in a variety of different settings. It was done on Broadway. It was it was made into a film. It's now on stage at the Wilma. Like, kind of how much are you recreating the wheel each time? How much is it new and different? And how much is it sort of, you're trying to kind of recapture what has been done before um yeah it's interesting because we had um it was in our season uh right before covid and so we had a shift and that's where we got the uh, 2021 uh, film version mm. which both anthony myself and uh brandon pierce who's also in the show uh were in and then uh that enabled it to be eligible for the pulitzer and it won the pulitzer yeah got done at the public and then, you know, moved to Broadway. So the public production and Broadway production were the same cast. Um, uh, had kind of nothing to do with, with our film yeah. production. Uh, they insisted in not um, watching the, the film, oh, although there were a, a lot of similarities <laughs> uh, uh, from it. Um, and then our, and we kind of, do our own thing here anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting for Anthony, myself, and Brandon to uh, step back into this show with everybody else um, being different and a different director mm. um, and uh, doing it in front of an audience instead of for a camera. Yeah. Um, and having uh, the duration of the rehearsal period, I think for, I, I think I could speak for Anthony as well, is uh, we just got to dig into it some more, dig into these mm. characters a bit more. And so, um, they are, uh, it's an evolution of our, our first kind of stab at, at these roles. Um, and you know, I have, uh, dramatically different costumes than what I had, uh, in the film version. And that's, was very informative too. And then the audience has given a whole other layer of what is happening on the page. Cause we, we don't actually know what it is until people are responding to it mm. and we're listening to, to how they inform the story. Um, so it's, uh, it's it's new every night, <laughs> but this is a, but this is a new production too. Um, I I feel uh, uh, I feel very much that I'm not just doing the same thing that I did in, in the film version, and, uh, and and it's super exciting that there's just so much more 
to mine in this script. I don't know about you. Uh, yeah, I mean, no shade, no tea. Like, I'm not clocking nobody else's version. Um, I could be in the audience and enjoy watching yeah. it, but I'm not clocking what nobody else is doing. And likewise, for my own former um, portrayal in the film version, I'm most interested in what is fresh about mm. this new opportunity, including the cast members, including the director, including um, performing in front of a live audience. So um, if there are some similarities, like, cool, but I'm not shooting for a single one. <laughs> so, mm, my teeth have pretty much not changed. And, <laughs> yeah, and you know, our, like uh, the, the Broadway market is a little bit different than the regional theater market, yeah. which we're, we're in. You know, they're... Uh, uh, they have uh, a lot of investors in it, and there's a, a lot of rights around design and, and, and things that um, uh, if, if ever you see a, a tour that comes from Broadway, it's exactly that show. Yeah. Maybe there's some different cast members, but they're trying to recreate a Broadway thing. What's exciting, um, Fat Ham is being done all over the country right now, and every production is going to speak directly to that community that exists there. So they're going to come up. Some people might you know, have seen the Broadway production and might pull some things from that. Um, they might have seen our film uh, production and pulled some things from that, but they're all um, independent. You know, they're they're producing the show the show on their own and uh, have their own design teams and their own directors and their own impulses and honoring the, you know the truth of those individuals that are in those stories. And um, I think that's that's super exciting that a, a play like this can be uh, one of the most produced um, plays in this this theater season. I love that. So I know tonight is Black Affinity Night. Um, there's a Pride Night coming up on December 15th, the Cafe Chat, an Open Mic Night, a Let Out Night, and a, a circle, Aurora Circle. I'm looking at all these all these different things. Um, anything in particular you all are excited about you want to shout out and, and share uh, with folks who are listening? I mean, tonight, tonight. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm super excited. We, uh, we, we have never done anything like this at the Wilma. And this is, um, so I, this is my first season as co-artistic director. I've been a member of the acting company for a long time now. And, um, and this was one of the first places I worked, uh, as a professional actor. So, um, to have this show, uh, um, be the first show of, of my, uh, inaugural season as an artistic co-artistic director um with amina robinson who amina and i have were classmates at temple university uh uh 20 years ago hope she doesn't mind that i say that but it was 20, <laughs> 20 years ago that we were a classmates together uh, in grad school and and james was the the class right after mine at, at temple university uh, um in the acting program as well so like there's a um having this be the start of this uh season for me is amazing but um, yeah, Black Affinity Night uh, is is where it's at. Pride Night, I think it's going to be uh, pretty fire. I uh, it's going to be uh, a whole other type of party. Um, and I, you know, I I personally love talking to audiences. So the cafe chats are just a, a chance for just open conversations. Mm -hmm. It's not like your typical Q and A. It's really just designed to like, hey, what do y'all think? What's going on? What do you think over there? And have real conversation in in uh, with the audience so um i like all this stuff i mean that but black video night <laughs> i mean it's like you talking about like the audiences like what audience do you want to be a part of mm -hmm. you know and in terms of what i'm gonna be bringing i'm getting y'all 150 every show mm -hmm. okay every night 
every day. It's going to be fire. <laughs> every performance, we're giving you that fire. We're giving you certified heat rock. Back. So back. if you want to be a part of a really jumping audience, mm. then you have multiple options. Like there's special nights for that. But also bring the audience with you. Y'all make it special. You yeah. tell your homies to come with you. You tell your neighbors. You tell your family. That's me. That's my thing. I love that. I think that is a great note to end on. Um, amazing. So if you want to go see Fat Ham at the Wilma Theater, go to wilmatheater.org or you can call the Wilma's box office at 215-546-7824. You can also call in and talk to Tiffany Bacon, who's the host of Words the Source, and ask her for more details uh, on Fat Ham, which again is a hilarious yet profound tragedy smothered in comedy says the New York Times, and uh, they've been described as a riff on Shakespeare's Hamlet set at a barbecue in the South. Uh, Lindsay and Anthony, thank you so much for joining us on um, this Black Affinity Night, like an hour before you all have to go on stage. So um, we're going to release you. And uh, thank you. Thank you again for this time together. It was really rich. Thanks for having me so much. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 